I'll say this for him, he's consistent. He's been so consistent all year. Not the taste, consistency. Consistently, yes. Consistency! Thanks, losers. And we're back here for the Fancy Football Consistency Show. Welcome back. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody's staying safe, staying healthy out there. As always, I'm Bob Long from Big Guy Fantasy Sports. Always here to talk consistency in fantasy football. And sitting on the other side of the glass, as always, or at least 90% of the time, is our good friend Ron Rigney. Ron, how's it going out there? Oh, yeah, right. Oh look! Oh, oh look! Murder Hornets. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah, and for some reason, are too worried about Bill Clinton being a pedophile or going to some island or something. I don't know what the hell's going on. I just saw that on Twitter today. I'm like, what? Oh God! All right, fine. So anyway, we don't care because we're here to talk about fantasy football, which is the most important thing. Anyway. Um, and the most imp- second most important thing is how important consistency is in fantasy football. And this week we do our tight end look look at uh, review preview kind of thing. And you know, in the past, and, and it's funny because I've done obviously lots of uh, uh, other podcasts with people who've invited me on to talk about uh, fantasy football consistency. And, and it seems like every time we get to the tight ends, you know, you, you get the eye rolls, the Uggs, the you know, here we go, but you know what? Here's something that um, I, I put in the Fantasy Football Consistency Guide, which, of course, you can get on Amazon, out there and available. And um, one of the things I showed was over the last four years, so from 2016 through 2019, uh, there has been a 67% increase in tight ends who have earned over more than 200 fantasy points in a season from three to five. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot, but it is. Uh, and a 500% increase in tight ends who have had a 65% consistency rating in that year. So we went from two, just two, in 2016 to 11 in 2019. And that doesn't even include the guys who have had 65% in the past, like Jack Doyle and O.J. Howard and, and Eric Ebron, who, okay, maybe those two don't hit it, but Jack Doyle certainly has a chance to get back to that uh, level of 65% or higher, maybe even 70 So, you know, consistent, you know, the, it, it, to me, this is the year where you can wait on tight ends and get a decent guy in the, you know, sixth round or higher. Um, you know, the, you know, I, and again, I'm getting guys like Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, you know, there's, uh, Hayden Hurst, there's Jack Doyle, there's, um, Jared Cook. Uh, so there's all kinds of good quality, consistent tight ends, I think available this year that you haven't seen in the past. So Ron, what are your thoughts on tight ends? If you've done some of these drafts, whether it's, you know, Scott Fishbowl, and I, obviously you get into the weird scoring that certainly, floats things around quite a bit if it's a 1.5 PPR for tight ends or two tight end leagues. I've done some of those. So how have you approached tight ends so far from your perspective? Well, early on, it was, it was a thing where I was trying to get one of the top guys 
guys early. I got, you know, a lot of shares of Travis Kelsey and some of the best balls I did early. But, you know, I used to call tight end the, the, the catcher of fantasy football. And I don't want to call it that anymore because as, as I've dived into this a little bit, I actually uh, did a little bit of, you know, dynasty research about tight end last, last week in a piece I had to write. And I'm comfortable with some of these guys really far down the list. I'm looking at our consistency rankings here, and I'd be okay, I think, all the way maybe even down to number 19 on this list, which I don't know if I've ever right. felt that comfortable about tight end. But I'm with you. I'm getting kind of going away from, you know, getting the Kelsies and the, Kettle, the, the George Kittles of the world. I'm going to maybe back off a little bit and wait on some of these guys that are a little bit further down my board, and I'm going to be perfectly fine with that. And I think the other thing, too, is if you're doing any best ball leagues, you could wait late and get maybe two or three of those guys, as you mentioned. Like you said, the Austin Hoopers, Jack Doyles, Gronk, Higbees, Cook, um, you know, even guys like Ian Thomas, Hayden Hurts, Noah Fant, uh, Chris Herndon, you know, just a couple years ago when he was fully healthy, was having a pretty good year consistency-wise with the Jets. So there are, I think, a lot better depth than we're used to. Um, and so, you know, yeah, if you get Kelsey in the first couple rounds, you're certainly getting the best, there, there, no argument. And, and points wise, yes, there, you know, he is, but is he worth, four, you know, four to eight rounds difference? Maybe, maybe not. So, all right. So let's go through our tight end preview and, uh, in tier one, um, I have Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. And the aforementioned Evan Ingram. I love Evan Ingram. His consistency last year was 88% in those first eight games that he played. Obviously got hurt, missed the rest of the season. You know, the knock on him is health. I get it. Can't argue with it. Um, but if he stays healthy, you know, he is going to be, he, in my opinion, he's one of the elite tight ends in fantasy, and he will be 75% or higher because of the, you know, relationship he has with Daniel Jones in those games when he was playing, um, you know, which were the first eight games. Remember, he, Daniel Jones got hurt, and then Eli came in the second half of the year, but Ingram was out. Um, what are your thoughts on these top three? Uh, are you a Darren Waller truther? Do you believe he should be up there? What are your thoughts on Tier 1? I think I'm fine with, with where we, we have it. I'm okay with Kelsey Kittle. You know, you're, you're giving up that draft capital, but you, you like you said, you know what you're getting. The only knock I have with George Kittle is, you know, he does have a tendency to be nicked up a little bit, but, you know, he's shown, and, and Pro Football Focus gave him, I think, the highest rate of any tight end overall that they had last year. Of course, Travis Kelsey, I said I ended up with him in a lot of places. I'm perfectly fine with that as well, but you're, you're giving up yet again those top picks. Evan Ingram, you're not giving up. You know, his ADP right, right now is right around the sixth round. Right. You know, you're getting a guy that could potentially be our third-ranked guy. Or if he was able to put a full season together, I mean, he might surpass Kittle or, you know, maybe even be number one. Who knows? But I'm okay with where it's at. And I think that the, the, the thing with the Giants offense is I think it has a chance to be really sneaky good. I think that mm-hmm. receiving core, we talked about a little bit last week, nobody stands out as being truly great. But I think they're all pretty good. You know, they got a really good guy in the backfield named Barkley. I think he fits right in with that. And for a second-year quarterback like Daniel Jones, maybe he'll become that checkdown option and be that PPR goldmine that we're looking for. Well, the other great thing is that they get to play, you know, six games against the Cowboys, the Redskins, well, whatever their team name is, the Washington professional team. Is that what they're called? Um, like the Washington football club. That's, or, yeah, football team. I don't know. 
Something like that. Anyway, the Washington, I'm calling the Redskins. I don't care. Uh, the Redskins and the Eagles, uh, who, you know, defensively not that strong. Obviously, uh, there's going to be a lot of points scored in those games. So I, I just love Evan Ingram. You know, if you look at his total points, if you would just doubled them from last year, which, again, he played through eight games, uh, that would have been 219 points. That's only three points away from George Kittle's total last year. So definitely would have put him right there at number three, or at least damn close. Waller was three. Well, he would have been fourth. Anyway, uh, needless to say, uh, definitely worth worth the pick. And like you said, going to the sixth round, seventh round, uh, he's just not getting a lot of love. Um, so definitely have no problem with that. We move down the list. Tier two, just so many good tight I I don't really can't argue with any of these guys in here of them being on my team based on their current ADPs. Um, you know, Cook, Doyle, uh, going a lot later, Hooper. Hooper is not getting any love, which, again, going to Cleveland, I kind of get. Um, you know, Ertz. Not going as high as he's has in the past, so he's you know, and he's going at a respectable spot. You know, ADPs is somewhere around I think four oh seven, four oh five. I mean, you know, it's respectable, uh, but not super high. Darren Waller's also in that fourth round. Um, you know, certainly put up a lot of points. Consistency, okay, sixty nine percent. You know, ranked him seventh in consistency, so. Not super high, but you know certainly not terrible. Definitely put up the points. You know, Mark Andrews had some really good games, but also had some you know clunkers as well. Like I said, love Henry. Henry, seventy five percent consistent. Missed four games last year. Again, he stays healthy. Um, he can be a stud. Um, what are your thoughts on this group? Anybody stick out here that you either in on or shine away from at this point? Mm-hmm. You know, Darren Waller did it last year. Is he going to be the guy that defenses key on a little bit? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Um, I like Mark Andrews here a lot as well. I was able to have him paired with Lamar Jackson in a couple places. The thing I like about Mark Andrews is, is, is he produces when he's in there. And, you know, like you said, you know, he wasn't necessarily our most consistent guy. And, and his, his numbers are a little bit deceiving because when you look at how many games he played, he played in 15 games. But a few of those games – he disappeared because he was hurt and trying mm-hmm. to through it. And it didn't really work out too well. But one of the things that, that, that proves he does it when he's in there, had 98 targets and only suited up for 60% of the offensive snaps. So that tells you right there, if he's in there, Lamar Jackson's looking for him. But as you move down the list a little bit, I, I, there's a couple guys I don't really have a whole spot here, but I'm, I'm with you on Hooper. Hooper's going super, super late. I wouldn't be upset with any of these guys here that, that are on my team as long as the price is right, to be honest. Let's talk a little about a guy that I feel like has been really polarizing this year. Um, let's let's say from the end of last year, and and the guy I'm talking about is Tyler Higby, uh, and here's here's why, you know. So I look at him as ADP is early, you know, late round seven, early round eight, respectable. Get it? Um, you know, 
The funny thing was, I remember the end of last year when he put up, you know, eight or nine straight clutch games and, you know, pretty much carried some teams through in in, in, in through the championship. And, you know, all you heard was, at least all I remember hearing was, oh, you know, how brilliant these guys were for, you know, getting Higby and what a stud he's going to be in the future in L.A. And, you know, he's going to be a top five tight end. I remember hearing all this crap. All of a sudden, I don't hear this stuff. And I see him, you know, as, you know, tight end, eight, ten, um, seventh, eighth round. But I've been doing some drafts with experts. So I did the Flex League draft on Saturday. Tyler Higby was like the 14th tight end picked in round 12. And Fabiano, Michael Fabiano, our good friend, um, picked him. And he didn't even want to. But he had, he kind of he said, it's not that I forgot about tight ends. He said, I just didn't want Tyler Higby because he goes, I already had Robert Woods and Cam Akers on his team, and he didn't want another Ram. But he was in the 12th round, or is that what I said, 12th round or 10th round? He goes, and I figured I have to pick somebody, and he's the only guy that's really worth anything. So it wasn't like Fabiano was bragging about the fact that he got Kyler Higby in the 12th round. He was just like, I have to take him now, and I don't want to take him because I don't want three Rams in my starting lineup. But so, you know, that's what's interesting to me is I just, like I've heard a few people get beyond the bandwagon. I think I think the ball blast girls are all over Higby. Um, but beyond that, some of these, you know, Analysts, draft, experts, drafts, whatever you want to call them. I'm not seeing the love for Higby that I heard seem like I heard nauseously through the preseason and the summer. And now when, you know, you got to put skid in the game and you're drafting, I, I'm I'm seeing Higby going a lot later. What Have you seen that or... Is it just like maybe I'm just noticing that because, you know, we're talking about tight ends. But, boy, I remember this Higby thing. Like I said, Fabiano was like, oh, God, I don't want to pick him. But, you know, the guys after him were guys like Jack Doyle. Now, he obviously wasn't in Jack Doyle. I'm sitting there going, I'd wait three more rounds to take Jack Doyle. But, you know, um, but Fabiano was like, I got to take this because it's the only guy, you know, top 12 tight end that's left. It's his opinion. But what are your thoughts on Higby? (laughs) Right. I, but I don't think that you can expect those freak games like he had the, you know, the last season that did carry right. with the league titles as well. I think if you, I mean, I mean, this is kind of a cop-out answer, but if you can expect something kind of in between, you know, and he's, you know, right now the ninth tight end off of the, the, the board, I could see him finishing as the ninth tight end at the end of the season. You know, that's, that's right. really all that out of the question. But I could also see him maybe leapfrogging guys that are going a little bit ahead of him. You know, you got guys like Hayden Hur- or uh, Evan Ingram, Rob Gronkowski, Waller going ahead of him. I could see him maybe slotting in, you know, a couple spots above that, but I, I'm not going to get crazy over here. Yeah. You know, like I said, I look at Higby where he's at, and, and the reason I don't have him is because if it says I can wait around later and take Hunter Henry, 
that's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, Ingram's going in the is early seventh. So normally if I get to the seventh and Ingram's still available, I'm going to draft Ingram. Um, and if not, I'm probably going to take Hunter Henry. You know, Hearst is one of those where I've heard great things, but on the other hand, you know, until you see it happen, uh, it, it's hard to buy into, you know, it's like how many years did it take Austin Hooper to become the stud in Atlanta? And yet every year you heard Matt Ryan rave about Hooper's talent. And, you know, somebody was talking in the, the flex league draft about Hayden Hurst. And I think it was Fabiano. And he said that he was interviewing, I think, he, I don't know if he was interviewing Jared Goff or somebody from NFL Network was interviewing somebody, or not Jared Goff, Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan was just raving up one side and down the other about this, this talented Hayden Hurst kid and, you know, his physical ability and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I said, well, you know, he raved about Austin Hooper for four years too, but only he only really paid off fantasy-wise one of them. So, you know, that's where it's kind of like, you know, Hurts made – I could see Hurts being a top five tight end if Matt Ryan uses him as much as he did Hooper last year. But – Mm-hmm. These guys after Tyler Higgy, and I like him a lot better at that price point at around 12, around 13, you know, 14. I can either go with one of those guys that I like that's, you know, a little bit more under the radar, or I may go with a couple of guys even further down and just play matchups if I got enough room on my bench. But yeah, when I get to that point, if I don't have that tight end around eight, eight or nine, I'm going to wait a few more rounds to see what's going to be left. Right. right. And like you said, especially when, you know, so as, you know, we move down into, you know, the next level. Of, of you know players in tier three, um, it's not a big tier, but Gasecki, Goddard, Janu Smith, Ian Thomas, um, you know that all very solid. All you know certainly have been you know good 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 players, um, you know in you know Jack Doyle we've talked about, but he was up in tier two. You know, Gasecki was kind of came on at the end of last year. Certainly proved he was worthy, or at least looked like he was. You know, was starting to be used in the offense. Now, you know, we just don't know how much Fitzmagic's going to be playing versus Tua. But let's assume Fitz plays at least half the year. I can see Gasecki being very valuable in that first half, and maybe after the fact too. Goddard is the one. Here's another one that's been intriguing. I tell you, let's let's go back to Gasecki. What are your thoughts on Gasecki and? Would you draft him as your starter, or do you feel really good about him? I, I feel really good about him as my backup. I, I like him as my – I don't know if I'd say I feel really good about it, but if I'm getting down to you know, that round 12, 13, 14 range, and he's there. Right. Uh, based on the way he finished last year, because I didn't realize, you know, when you look at his overall body of work, 51 grabs, 570 yards, five scores. That's right. That's pretty solid tight end numbers. And in six of the final eight games last year, right. he had four grabs. So that means they've kind of started to figure out how to use him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I like that heading into the season. I like, you know, maybe him building that rapport with whoever's in there at quarterback. So I think I'd be okay with him as my starter. I wouldn't expect healthy numbers, but I think I'd expect a little bit of a bump over what he did last year. But if you're going to wait that long, are you going to – let me let me put these two in front of you. You're in round 13. 
you can pick Gasecki or you can pick Jack Doyle. Because Jack Doyle's ADP is 1402. Who are you picking? I'm going to take Gasecki. I'm going to go against my stand-up. Oh, interesting. All right. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Now, against, you know, John U. Smith versus Doyle, Jack Jarwin, Blake Jarwin. All the, yeah, obviously you're going to go probably Doyle. But let's look. This one's the – I really didn't notice how far Dallas Goddard had fell till I see it here. And I noticed it in the Flex League draft yesterday. Goddard, I don't even know if Goddard was even drafted in that league. Um, maybe he was near the end. Uh, as Because as I took Doyle as my backup after I took, um, I think it was Hunter Henry. No, it was Ingram. I took Ingram in round seven. Because the funny thing was, um, Eric Young, if you know who Eric Young, the, the big-time wrestler. Um, WW, is it WWE he's in? Eric? Yeah, yeah. So I don't either, but he's he's always in my flex league every year. Last year I sat beside him in New York. This time he was picking in front of me. But anyway, um, I was actually live on the air talking to being interviewed by Bob Harris and, and uh, Dempsey and those guys, and they said, "All right, Bob, you're coming up on your pick. What are you what are you going here in the seventh round?" I said, "Well, to be honest with you, I'm going either Evan Ingram or Hunter Henry because I want to get my tight end, and I just feel like both of these guys." You know, have you know great consistency, always approving it, and I'm getting them, you know, in round seven. I said, so I'm going to take one or the other. They said, well, who are you going to pick if you have both available? And I said, well, I said I like Ingram more, but Hunter Henry, you know, I, I said, you know, Ingram's injuries is is worse, injury concern is worse than Hunter. And then uh, Eric Young picks Hunter Henry right in front of me, so I got Ingram, which is fine. Uh, but then, like I said, I took Jack Doyle in like round 15 or 16. But I was shocked because when I looked at it, Dallas Goddard was still there too. And I'm like, ah. You know, I was like, Goddard was 67% consistent. He tied Zach Ertz last year consistency-wise. What do you think everybody's down on Goddard? Did they just forget about the fact that that he was, you know, a pretty decent, you know, tight end, needless to say? Right. I fear, and they're going to have that just use both of them, and they do use both of them in the offense. And his numbers were essentially almost exactly were. So I mean, I don't know, maybe right. it's just because people are scared off because of Zach Ertz, and maybe they don't trust Carson Wentz or whoever his backup is. I right. don't know, but I mean, you're getting some some solid numbers there for basically free. I mean, he's making mm-hmm. free money at this point. Right. And you know, and here's the thing with consistency for those who, you know, obviously aren't looking at it as in depth as, as Ron and I do. And and you brought up a good point. Total points last year. Now Goddard played one less game than Gasecki, but total points, there was only ten points difference between the two of them. Gasecki ends up twelfth in total points. Goddard ends up tenth. But Gasecki's uh, consistency is only 31%. He had half the clutch games. So basically what was Dot- Goddard was doing was he was getting about 10 points a game on average, let's say. Because, um, you know, if you look at it, 10 points a game would have been in 15 games would have been 150 points. So he was just making it over that eight-point limit for tight ends. So he wasn't setting the world on fire in any game. So everybody just kind of forgot about the fact that you know, I'm sure some people look at and are shocked that he was even in the top ten in total points. 
Um, but it was because he was consistently getting you about 10 a week. Now, obviously, that may or may not win you a championship or even get you to the playoffs, but for a guy that you could get as your backup, um, you know, and if you're weak or you're really struggling or your tight end goes down, at least you know you're going to get probably 10 points a week out of him, 10 to 12. So well, that's, that's one of the big instances as well. If you have room on your bench and you yeah. Zach Ertz, you oh, absolutely. Right, exactly. So, yeah, it's, it is a no-brainer, especially to getting that late. And the funny thing was, if I remember, early in the year, like back in May, I think Goddard's ADP was much, much higher. So it feels like he's just kind of forgotten about. Um, you know, like I said, I was surprised when he was not, he's still available when Jack Doyle was available. I'm used to Jack Doyle being available in the 14th round. Every once in a while I've been in a league where – somebody has taken him in like round 10 and I'll be, and I even will be shocked to make some comment about, Whoa, Jack Doyle lover. I go, I thought I was the only guy that liked this guy this year, you know, and whoever it was would be like, no, I, you know, you know, just three years ago, he was really good. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Very aware of this. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Goddard falling that far. And like you said, perfect backup. You know, that's what I've been doing. If I have, you know, as long as there's enough bench, you know, if there's only six-player bench, you're probably not going to draft a backup tight end. But, you know, I think in the flex league, we did 18 rounds, so there was an eight-person bench, so, and there was no kickers. So, um, so that was nice. So you basically drafted one defense because you probably didn't have to, you know, you're not going to draft two. Um, so you had basically a seven, seven, you know, person bench, so you get your, you know, your, Couple running backs, a couple receivers, and a and a, a quarterback. You still got two spots left. So, you know, like I said, I went after Doyle just because you know, if Doyle does kick it up like a notch, like we expect, um, you know, he might be my second flex or a trade bait or something in that league. But, um, but anyway, okay. So we're so that's where we're at with Goddard, Janu Smith. Man, it, again, he's one of those guys that's kind of I. I used to kind of always think he would be a really good replacement, obviously, when Delaney Walker moved on. But I think that was because Delaney Walker was used so much by Marcus Mariota, and John New Smith wasn't used that much by Ryan Tannehill after Delaney got hurt. I just don't – like, I haven't drafted him as my backup at all. You know, and that's that's what I think he's worth as a backup. And there's some people that, you know, obviously are, you know – Creating their own, <laughs> creating their own Kool Aid. I'll, I'll say for John New Smith, I, I don't see it. I didn't see any really stretches of consistency where I can say, "Oh yeah, you know, last three games he was all in." Um, you know, they just kind of used him sparingly. Do you have any? Do you have any love for John New? Not really, because I don't know if I necessarily trust Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he put together a nice stretch, nice little streak on stretch, but I don't know if I trust that pass offense yet. And, Based on where he's going, 13th round, I'll wait, and maybe in that era, that round, that vicinity, I'll get Jack Doyle. I'll get, Dallas Goddard might be there, so I might wait on another one of those guys that I trust a little bit more. But I'm not not a huge uh, Johnny Smith guy just yet. Yeah. Plus, he, too, there's been a couple times where he were, like you said, Walker's been hurt, and we're putting him in. He's the hot waiver pickup, and he doesn't do anything. Right. So I think I've gotten burned by him too many times as well as part of it. I hear you. I hear you. All right, so the last one in our tier three is Ian Thomas. 
you know, th- this is just one of those where he seems to be in, you know, he's kind of like Hayden Hurst. He's a talented guy who's had some uh, flashes of success in the past when he got to be the main guy when Greg Olson would go down. But then Greg Olson was healthy all last year, so he didn't break out like a lot of us expected him to. Um, again, I, as much as I l- like Ian Thomas and, and would love to have Ian Thomas as my backup, Jack Doyle is always available, so I just haven't had a chance to get Ian Thomas because I'm like, ah, I'm going to take Doyle, you know, because I know what I'm getting there. Um, you know, I, we all have a, we, I think you and I have a man crush for, for Thomas. It's just that I haven't been in a situation where I needed three tight ends in my league uh, yet, so I just haven't done much with him. Any thoughts on Ian Thomas and uh, whether or not he may end up on any of your teams? No, oh, good. Right. You can get him most of the time with your last pick, or you might even be able to wait and get him off waivers mm-hmm. uh, wherever you're at. But there's a couple things I like about him. I like the fact that new coaching staff coming in. You've got Joe Brady coming in, uh, who was LSU's passing game coordinator. And I'm not saying that they're going to light it up like LSU did last year, but I think that bodes well for everybody on that offense. Is that he's the guy that's going to be calling the plays. Week 12 on last year. Thomas catch 25 targets over those last two games. Which, uh, that's kind of encouraging. They actually looked his way when you look at the beginning of the season last year. He had uh, virtually no targets. And Greg Olson is gone. Right. So I, I kind of like, you know, I think it's kind of a perfect sort of <coughs> You know, he's going to be solid. I don't think he's going to be great, but I think he's right what you said he is. He's a nice backup. Bye-week fill-in. You have your main guy get hurt. He's a great guy to step in. Don't expect huge numbers. And I think a lot of times, too, a lot of weeks when you throw him in there, he is going to be touchdown dependent. But I think he's a big target. He's an athletic target. And I think you're going to look, at, look for him quite a bit in the red zone. Well, you, and, and another thing you you didn't mention, I'll, I'll mention, is the change of quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater is definitely a captain check down kind of guy. You know, he likes to throw the backs, likes to throw the tight end. That's what he did last year in New Orleans when he filled in with for Drew Brees. Um, you know, Jared Cook had some pretty successful games through that time frame. So definitely like that scenario as well. Um, so, yeah, again, I, yeah, it's not that I don't want to draft Ian Thomas, just haven't had that opportunity. As we look down the rest of the list, uh, you know, kind of outside of those three tiers, there's definitely a few names that are intriguing. And, again, if you're in a super deep league or I did the, um, what's it called? Yeah, pros versus Joes which is a best ball format, 28 rounds. You know, you load up a lot of players. So I think in that one I did do some, I think I might have done three tight ends uh, because you had, you know, a one. You could you could definitely load up. And, and you know, you want to get some different players. I think Ian Thomas went. But I'll tell you the guy who I drafted in that league that, you know, may be a surprise. So O.J. Howard had been drafted, but I drafted Cameron Brait. And I don't have any data to support it. I don't have anything that, you know, really get put up in front of people. But I feel like if Gronk gets hurt, which we think he will, because he kind of always does, you know, that back never seems to hold up. I think Cameron Brait could be a favorite of Tom Brady before O.J. Howard would be. What are your thoughts? Anybody, it's going to be him. However, the, the preseason plays out. You know, if we we have we have you know obviously we're not going to have preseason games, but just right. you know, how camp goes and things like that. I, I think OJ Howard could be the one that, that 
and him the most recurring because I think he's the better athlete of the two. But I think kind of like you mentioned with, with Bridgewater, I think Cameron Brace that perfect captain checkdown guy. And I think, you know, we've seen with, you know, in the past with what Tom Brady does with multiple tight ends with what he does with slot receivers. And I, I'm kind of with you on that. And he's another one that I don't even – got to go pretty far down on the list here to even find Cameron Brace's name on, on some list. Yeah, right, exactly. I think it's, yeah, he costs you nothing, so why not? Yeah, I, it, and that's kind of what I've been kind of noticing, you know, really – have thought about as well is, you know, again, it was my third tight end, a very deep best ball format league. You know, my thought was if Gronk gets hurt, cause he always seems to get a back injury at some point, um, you know, second half of the season break could be, could be a guy that might pull you through in a, in a best ball format. Um, some other guys on the list and, you know, we got, but we got about 12 minutes. So we certainly got plenty of time to go through this, but there's definitely guys out there. So, Let's go to last year's rookies. Um, I've seen these guys all over the board when it comes to ADPs, actual drafts, that kind of stuff. And, of course, I'm talking about the two boys, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson. Um, ADP for Fant, tight end 12, Hawkinson 14. Um, I have him in my rankings at numbers 18 and 19, uh, uh, respectively. Just because, obviously, I have guys like you know Doyle that are much higher, um, Goddard much higher, so you know that's why they're a little bit higher in the ADP that we're looking at versus not. Do you have any love for either one of these guys? I just can't get on board. I really can't. I mean, I think it's just because of the offenses. The the you know we've got a guy a veteran like a Stafford who never has used his tight end. He had Ebron for years. Um, really just never has been a part of his repertoire, you know, and I think as long as Marvin Jones and, and, and Kenny Galladay stay healthy, I just don't see him throwing it to Hawkinson that often. And Noah Fant, yeah, you got Drew Locke, a little bit different scenario, you got more of a younger quarterback, you know, rook, closer to a rookie quarterback. Um, but again, you know, had him all last year, Locke didn't use him that much in the second half when he was the starter. So any love for either of these two guys, I just don't. I, I just I can't seem to muster anything up that makes me feel like, oh, yeah, okay, I could buy into Fant because of this or Hawkins because of that. I just can't. I, I like both of them, the, the prospect of dynasty format more than mm, the Okay, all right. Yeah. Score, and that's pretty much all we have in front of us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, now, to be fair, Matthew Stafford was hurt. You had you had guys like Jeff Driscoll throwing throwing it to the mm-hmm. linebacking game, so that might have affected him a little bit there. Uh, fans the same way. I mean, they're both young guys. You know, we don't expect a ton out of out of rookie tight ends. It very rarely happens that we see you know that translate over early on. And and they they were just both so they were the opposite of what we do here with consistency. They were the, the, the definition of inconsistent last year. Mm-hmm. I, I like what the Broncos did with that offense, and I think that's going to make Fant a little bit better. So I think I have a little bit more love for him than you do, but it's definitely going to be more of a, of a dynasty format for me to pick one of these guys 
or both of them. Um, but they're definitely, if, if they were going to be on my team, they would definitely be backups. I wouldn't feel comfortable starting with them. Right. No, definitely Dynasty's a good thought process as well. All right, some other guys that are going very late but are basically the starters for their team have shown some flashes in the past uh, for different teams. Well, one for different teams. Um, let's talk about Eric Ebron, Chris Herndon. They're both going to be starters for their team. Ebron will share, I guess, with Vance McDonald. I think he's still there. Um, you know, but they but they paid him a nice chunk of money to come to Pittsburgh, and and I would assume be their starter. Herndon, like I said, a couple years ago, really had a nice rapport going with Sam Darnold, but then missed all of last year, just about. Um, what about those two guys? Any love? I mean, you know, obviously Ebron had a phenomenal season the one year when Indy with with uh, you know Andrew Luck uh, with all the touchdowns, but kind of fell back to reality when luck was gone. Uh, any love for either these two guys um, as your backup, obviously, probably not as your starter, um, as you look at 2020? I mean, if I'm going to roll up the dice on either one of them, it'd probably be Herndon just because, to me, Ebron has a longer body of work, and it really hasn't been all that impressive. He did have that one year where it was basically touchdown-driven that he scored all those fantasy points with Andrew Luck. You know, he scored 13 touchdowns that year. But that's kind of the – the season that stands out a little bit. He's always been that 500 to 650-yard guy. Not really all that flashy. Now, I, I realize Chris Herndon has done even less to you know to, to kind of compare. But also, he hasn't been in the league as long. And he was kind of useful a couple of years ago. I mean, he did have a little stretch there where he scored you a few touchdowns, had over 500 yards. And I believe that you know he, he missed all of last year for various reasons. He was suspended. I think he was hurt. And then that was kind of it. So... Maybe he'll be a little bit fresher coming in, I, but I think he's more of the wild card of the two. But I think I would roll the dice on him if I'm going to pay any kind of money for either one of them. I just don't trust Eric Ebron to do a whole lot of anything. I think the upside with Herndon is a little bit higher. Got it. Yeah. No, and and I think, like you said, the, the key was the Ebron sharing probably with McDonald. We assume they'll both be on the field um, where Herndon doesn't really have any competition, you know, at tight end for the Jets. All right. <clears throat> got about a little over five minutes, about six minutes left. Let's talk about this guy. And I kind of just caught, he caught my eye because I, and I'm going to tell you why. So what I'm, who I'm talking about is Blake Jarwin. Um, outside <laughs> of Tyler Higby, I think the second most polarizing guy that I've seen all over the place Love, hate, in between, you know, we we have him, what do we have him, tight end 28. Uh, on here, they have him tight end 17 in round 14. But no disrespect to our good friend at CBS Sports, Jamie Eisenberg. But when we were talking about tight ends and Tyler Higby and that whole thing the other day, I think Jarwin got picked after, obviously, um, Higby did. And Eisenberg said, quote, I have Jarwin in my top 10. Now, I'm pretty sure I walked away from the computer at that point during the live Zoom. So I could laugh. I could laugh out loud in the hallway. Um, Again, no disrespect to Jamie because, hey, he has a job with CBS Sports and, well, we don't. So... 
Uh, I, you know, they added C.D. Lamb. Maybe if they don't add C.D. Lamb, I'll give Jake, or Jake, uh, Jarwin certainly some more opportunities, some more targets. But now you've got C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, you know, Zeke out of the backfield. I just don't see how Jarwin gets to be anywhere near the top 15, let alone 10. Heck, top 20. I mean, you know, last year he was 28th in total points. His consistency was three. I mean, he played all 16 games, and he was 28th in total points. If he gets top 20, it's a huge improvement. And here, Jamie Eisenberg, a big shot for CBS Sports, has him in his top 10. I, am I missing something? Mm-hmm. And he really only got on the season the scene in 2018. 2018-2019, he has a total of 77 targets. 68 grabs on those. So wow. He's not, I, I, and, and, you know, like you said, they have three receivers that are going to demand the ball. They've got coming out of the backfield. Tony Pollard's another guy. Yeah. Small well out of the right. backfield. They have a ton of weapons, and I don't think Blake Jarwin outranks any of those guys. So of all the guys that I've named, he's number six in the pecking order right now. Right. That said, I think he's a great guy to take a flyer on in case they have an injury. And he might step up and get a few more targets that way, you know, if one of the receivers goes down. But uh, top 10, if I'm looking at the guys we've got in our top 10, Oof. if I'm looking around uh, number 9, 10 range, let's see who we've got here. <laughs> I, he, I don't believe he's going to be better than Higby, Doyle, Hooper. I'm not putting him anywhere near the top 10. I think no. we find where we have him at 28. I'm not even sure I could put him in the top 15 for sure. Maybe the top 20. Maybe, you know, you know Ebron doesn't pull through or you know one of those guys but man i just yeah he said when i when he said that i and i think i saw some shock looked on some other people's faces but you know and nobody you know really obviously disrespect him because we don't do that but uh yeah so that was that was an interesting conversation or you know and that was live zoom so if you go on uh the athletic and find yesterday's um Zoom draft, you can hear it for yourself. There you go. <laughs> you don't have to take my word for it. Um, but anyway, so tight ends, as we said, definitely some consistency there, more than we've had a lot in the past. So, you know, don't, you know, if you if you want Kelsey, fine, go get him. That's fine. You know, like like Ron said, I've done it. I, I, I've drafted Kittle. I've drafted Kelsey. You know, it, it, you know, a lot of times it's the two, three turn, where, you know, one of them falls to me, and I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. You know, I, I could pull this off. Maybe I go, like, I think the one draft, um, I think it did, I think it did have one and a half PPR for tight ends. But, you know, I went, um, you know, I had the number one pick, so I took McCaffrey, came back with um, Leonard Fournette as my second running back, which I love, and then I took Kittle, um, just to see what I come up with. And I, I like my team. I think I came back, you know, and got like, you know, um, good, good quarterback. I, I think I got Prescott. Um, maybe it was Kyler Murray. I've been taking a chance on Kyler Murray once in a while. But. All right. So we got a little, little, you know, about a minute and a half. So Ron wants to tell everybody what's going on. There's baseball being played sometimes. 
depend sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, and I think you got you guys have been. Uh, you, is there, if I'm not mistaken, you're on the move, right? We got some big news. I, I don't know exactly what the future holds for us over with uh, the Nasty Cast and Fantax Dynasty Pod. Um, our guy uh, Nathan Dockin has moved over to uh, Road of Fanatics. He's hosting uh, podcasts over there. Their flagship podcast and doing his writing over there. So he's moved on from Fantrax. Not sure what that means for uh, Mr. Van Lee and myself, but we are going to soldier on. We're going to put some kind of baseball pot out there because we love doing it. And uh, I don't know what it's going to be called at this point. we got a lot of conversations that have to happen. But this week, uh, Tuesday, will be Nate's uh, kind of farewell on both of those pods. So make sure you check those out. Uh, we wish him well. Check him out over at Roto Fanatics. And uh, we'll, we'll follow Twitter. Look, look for us there. And we'll, we'll tell you what's uh, going on. But we definitely got something up our sleeves well, I think if it makes sense, your last nasty cast should have Bob Long and the consistency guide on it, don't you think? I think it would be a great one. <laughs> I think it would be a fantastic idea. Uh, have them look into that. Uh, but as always, thanks, Rob, for being here. Uh, and I, did you tell them Twitter at the Real Mod Day? Uh, of course, you can find me at Bob underscore Lung. Big Guy Fantasy Sports is the site, and don't forget. Get your fantasy football consistency guide. Your drafts are going to be coming up this year, this year, this month. Uh, so make sure you get that in time. As always, everybody have a great week. Stay safe.